0: Welcome to Commitment to Truth, the outreach ministry of Commitment Community Church, a place for all nations. To learn more about Commitment, please visit our website, www.commitmentchurch.org. Like us on Facebook and download our mobile app. Now, let's enjoy today's message. So we're
1: finishing a sermon series I've entitled for you, His Peace, His Peace. So if we can bow our heads just to ask God to help us uh, finish well together father we thank you so much just for the awesome opportunity to be here in your presence we thank you god that you have given us technology to still serve your people to be able to still um, bring the gospel of jesus christ uh, locally and also into all the world we thank you god for uh, the provisions you have given us in every single way throughout this year god Help us, Lord, to continue to steward it well in a way that will honor you and glorify you in all that we say and do. But Lord, as we head into the conclusion of this sermon series uh, entitled His Peace, Lord, uh, we need it more than ever. And God, I pray that you would just empower me to clearly communicate the life-changing truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So that our hearts may be turned towards you rather than other people, places, and things that we try to uncover and discover, Lord, to give us peace, at least we think. So, Father, remove all the distractions in all of our hearts, God, that you may accomplish your work. We pray in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. We all set. Amen. Uh, throughout the series, we've been learning, and I have communicated what I've learned personally, that the peace of God is immeasurable, is uh, invaluable, and it must be protected, honestly, at all costs. You know, so many times we find the peace of God eluding us in our context of our families, um, in our homes, um, and in our marriages, and, and honestly, just everyday life, it seems like the peace of God uh, is very hard to find, especially today in what we are experiencing in life, uh, in our country, and in the world. It seems as though uh, peace is a, is a difficult thing to, um, to enjoy, if you would, if that's a good way to put it. Because there's so many things and so many situations that we're trying to navigate through to ultimately land on the peace that can rule our hearts and our minds. Especially though, uh, followers of Jesus Christ, uh, we ourselves should be more than ever at peace in this climate and in any any climate that we uh, must endure. So the challenge we find in this, and we've been learning in our sermon series, is that. Um, we can't say we have peace with God and we do not have uh, peace with, with our neighbor, peace with other people. In other words, if you don't have peace on this horizontal plane, chances are you don't have peace vertically with God. If you don't have peace with God, chances are you're not going to be at peace with anybody here on this earth. We've also identified that this peace should be uh, never ending. Why? It's never ending because God is peace. In other words, God is Uh, not constrained by space and time therefore his spirit his peace is not also what constrained by space and time in other words god was he is he will always be that's why he's the god of peace of your past he's the god of the peace of your present and he's also the god of peace in your future right so if your pains of your past god's peace should take care of that we learned but also his peace in your present right and even any future decisions, any future complications or things that are unknown to you, God's peace, because he is, again, ever enduring past, present, future, right? That, 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 that his peace or his presence should be even there. He's not constrained by space and time. It is we who somehow in our fallibleness could try to constrain God in a moment, in an instant, in a year, in a circumstance. But God is all encompassing past, past present future now this wonderful piece that we have we uncovered as well is that it's for a follower of jesus christ it is clearly ac- accessible to us it's accessible to us because if you put your faith and trust in jesus christ his spirit lives where within within us right we have his, the spirit of god who richly indwells us that lives within us not not part of him Right. But the third part, the third person of the Trinity, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit. He lives within every follower of Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, we call it the what fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, meaning that this fruit comes from a singular tree, which is whom it is the spirit of God himself. So we have all of his spirit, all of the peace of God. But here's the challenge. The challenge in this quest of peace is peace being not peace being absent but we ourselves being absent of peace because we have chosen some way somehow to uh if you would uh, not allow peace to exist to avoid him which avoids peace to somehow uh, disturb the peace of God in our lives in some unique way that we somehow some way find ourselves doing time and time again in some relational conflict or decisions we make that causes it this rift between we and God which immediately causes our peace to what dissipate in some unique way so this peace is accessible, accessible ready, readily accessible to followers of Jesus Christ, but it is our responsibility we're going to learn to not only have peace, but how does this peace increase? We know peace does, priest, priest, Peace doesn't end. The peace of God doesn't end. But how do we make sure that the peace of God is always increasing in our lives? It's not situational. It's not because my wife is good with me today and I'm good with my wife today. Are we good with our children today? Or my grandchildren say they love me and, and they're over my house all day and making me feel warm and fuzzy. And then now I have peace. That's not peace. That's just relational enjoyment right there. But at the end of the day, I must get, we must get to a place that no matter what circumstance of life that we're in, whatever season we're in, that God's peace is with us. And it is also what? Increasing. So that being said, again, our foundational passage was in Isaiah verses 1 through 7. But for the sake of time, we're going to go right into our primary text. So if you can turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. We were there earlier during communion. We're going to be in two other main passages. But as you turn in there, just a quick reminder from Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. This word peace is from the word some of you may know and heard of, uh, a Hebrew word called shalom, which means completeness, soundness, welfare, health, prosperity, tranquility, peace from war, peace with God, especially in covenant relationship, right? Right? And that last part of the definition is probably the most important. Because of covenant relationship with God, you're going to have peace. Listen, no matter if you have health, prosperity, relational security, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But because you have a relationship with Christ, He would then do what? Somehow supernaturally allow you to be able to maximize all the wealth you have, maximize your relationship context, no matter where you are. In whatever stage of life you may be. That's just what the relationship with Jesus Christ does. He somehow supernaturally uh, does something, um, if you would, miraculously in the life of your health, in the life of your prosperity, in a life of peace and war and tranquility of life. That being said, in verse 7, again, in, in Isaiah 9, this is not so you don't have to turn here. I just want to give you a quick review. It says, there will be no end to the increase of his government. No end to the increase of his government. The words increase are the increase means this. The abundance, the prosperity, and overflowing of success. It is, it is, used, of a huge, it is used of a huge rich collection of spoils taken from an enemy. Now, please understand the context there. Because there's an enemy called Satan that has taken your spoils. Do you understand what I'm saying? You say yes, so many times as followers of Jesus Christ, this is where we get twisted. There is a measure of peace that comes with wealth. There is. There's a measure of peace that comes with wealth and prosperity. But underscore this, for a believer in particular, is that if your peace is hinged upon, tethered to treasures and success, some way, somehow, peace will always elude you. Do you hear what I'm saying? It doesn't mean that God has called you inevitably to live in poverty. We're not going there today, right? But at the end of the day, it's not necessarily God has called you to live with great wealth. So you must get to a point that your pursuit is peace, not possessions. Amen. Because what you would inevitably find is this. You would never have enough possessions if that's your first pursuit to give you peace. But if you flip it and you go hard after peace, some way, somehow, God always gives you possessions. Possessions. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. So super important when you listen and you hear the words, the increase, the abundance, the prosperity, and the overflow of success, because... We can be so impoverished, literally, and impoverished of soul that we get so hung up on the prosperity and the wealth and, you know, and the abundance and lose the main focus. And the focus is always Jesus. You can gain the whole world and lose your soul. So you hear the balance before we dive into this. That's why if you, if you get to that place of understanding where true peace comes from, then it's almost like there's this clear revelation of everything else that comes along with it. And hopefully that's what we will we'll hone in on as we conclude this sermon series. Again, Colossians chapter 3. We're not going to read the entire chapter like we did during the communion time, but please go back and digest chapter 3 in Colossians because I'm telling you, it will ch- transform your life. But let's focus specifically on verses 12 through 15. It says, So as those who have been chosen of God, that is, those who put their faith and trust in Christ, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another, and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against you, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things put on love Which is the perfect bond of unity Let the peace of Christ Rule in your hearts To which indeed you were called In the one body And be what? Thankful Verse 15 I want to drill down in You have two key words The word rule The word rule means this To decide That's the first part of it So think about this To decide to what? Let the peace of Christ to be decided to rule in your heart. It's a choice, people. It's a choice. It's a choice that each one of us have to make every single day of our lives. It's a choice that each one of us have to make every single situation of our lives. Will the peace of God rule my heart and my mind. The next part of this definition of rule means to determine. You have to determine. This must be what you determine to do every single situation of life. Is that no, no, I'm going to stand as a watchman on the wall to protect and determine that peace is going to be in my home. That peace is going to be in my heart. That peace is going to be in my marriage. That peace is going to be with my family. That peace is going to be even with my enemies. I will determine so far as it depends on me. Romans 12, we learned last week, right? So far as it depends on me, not you, not anyone in this room or on this planet. Live at peace with all men. The word rule goes on to be defined as this, to control, and here's the best one. If you're a sports fan, to be the umpire. Think about that for a minute. To be the umpire, if you know anything about sports, they are the third party watching two different parties go at it. Doesn't that sound like life? Somebody has to be the third party. That looks into the situation and makes a ruling and say, this is the right thing to do. Because I understand that the offense or the defense, they just can't see through the play, right? They can't see through the circumstance of life. They can't see through the curveballs and the fastballs. They can't. So someone has to be the third-party umpire. To look into the matter and say, let peace rules. Rule the situation. Peace must rule your hearts, must umpire your heart. What is the heart? It is a seat of desires, feelings, affections, passions, impulse. You see why somebody need to rule that? Somebody always need to be the umpire of your passions, your impulses. That's where we start making choices of to sin or not sin. That's why the scripture says, what a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's why Jesus came on to say, I didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. That's why he said, listen, if you look upon that woman, desire in your heart, you've committed adultery. See, religious people just say what? Oh well, you know, I I have not I have not committed adultery. What do you mean I haven't committed adultery? Jesus said, no, no, no. Understand this. It all begins within. And guess where peace begins? Within. It doesn't begin when the arguments stop. It begins when you choose not to argue. doesn't peace does peace with God doesn't doesn't begin when you stop sinning you follow me you stop committing the act but peace with God begins when you don't even consider making the act against God because remember he knows your thoughts before you think them If you want peace to rule your heart, if you want peace to increase in your life, it must rule your heart. It must rule your heart. Colossians 3:16 and 17 gives us five ways God's peace to rule your heart. Verse 16 gives you the first, let the word let the word of Christ dwell within you with all wisdom teaching You cannot live at peace with God or man without the word of God dwelling in you richly. The second description, it says, admonish one another with psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. So think about this. I've always been asked this question. Hey, pastor, what kind of music you listen to? I get that all the time. What kind of music you listen to? You know what? You know what's on my playlist? Ninety-nine, nine, nine, nine percent of my playlist is songs about Jesus. But so many people. This is a strange thing. When people need peace, then they they run to worship. Strangest thing. How many times have you told someone yourself who are going through something, hey, what you, you know what you should do is put some worship music on. Duh! Why only when you are looking for peace? Why not to remain in peace? So my second part to my my answer of one's question, I always say, too bad on the inside to want to listen to anything else. Yeah, your pastor said that. I, I'm too rotten, deceiving, no good on the inside. I know my thoughts. I know who I was. I know what I'm capable of to want to inspire some other part of me to be admonished. So am I telling you to burn your playlist? Well, for some, you probably should. (laughs) But if you're looking for peace day in and day out, in season and out of season, you should probably consider what you're putting in yourself. Embodising one another with psalms, and hymns and spiritual songs. Then it, here's the third. Singing with thanksgiving in your heart. Listen, you probably cannot hold a tune, but you should learn how to sing unto the Lord. Amen. But it also says thanksgiving. Whatever you do in word indeed. deed. Here's the fourth. Do everything. You want to be at peace with God? Do everything. You want his peace to rule your heart? Every single thing you do, you do for his glory. Then when something jumps off and go wrong, guess what you can refer back to? God, I've done everything that I've known to do for your glory. But you know what typically happens when something jumps off with a believer? We start panicking because we know deep down inside Somewhere along the line, I've chosen to do something for my own glory and for my own good. I've chosen to be selfish. I've chosen to be self-centered. I've chosen to worship the idol of me. So then when things jumped off, and then I'm not at peace, and then I need God's help. I have to check my database, right, of doing, and chances are 90% of it, right, it's probably for myself and other people that are important to me, not other people, but other people that are important to me, than doing something for God. Do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's a fifth and final way of how you can make sure his peace rules your hearts. Giving thanks through him to God the Father. No matter what season you're in, you must always be thankful. So then when the word of God rules your heart, becomes the empire of your heart, this is how it begins to bring this outcome. Psalm 119. 165 well, defines it this way. It says, Those who love your law have great peace, and nothing causes them to stumble. Do you hear that? You must get to a place in your life that you love the law of God ruling your heart. You love the law of God umpiring your life. You just take it on. You say, Come on, come on, Word. Teach me, show me, reproof me, correct me, train me in righteousness. Tell me the hard things. Tell me the things that I need to hear. Tell me the things that no one else is telling me. Tell me the things that I won't even tell myself. See the outcome. See the outcome. Those who love your law have great peace, and then nothing causes them to stumble. It's interesting why that's tied together. This is what I can draw from that. The reason why it won't cause me to stumble is because I'm not looking for something else or someone else to give me peace. And a controlled heart makes you a peacemaker. And that's why Matthew 5 verse 9 says this, blessed, Are the peacemakers? Want to be blessed? Become a peacemaker. You can't be blessed before you become a peacemaker. You got to be a peacemaker, then you'll be blessed. So if you take a survey right now, and if you are at odds with someone in your life, again, keep in mind, I'm not talking about situations that says that you have to now change boundaries in your life. You follow me? But you can set boundaries and still be at peace. Because boundaries are necessary in certain relationships. You set the boundaries, but you still can say, I'm at peace. Don't lose out on your blessing because you're choosing not to be at peace. The peace of God can increase in your life when you let it rule your heart. Let the peace of God, no one else, nothing else, umpire your life. secondly his peace increases when we pursue it if you could turn with me to first uh, peter chapter 3 is this making sense so far hopefully first peter chapter 3 first peter chapter 3 verses 8 through 12 key verse verse 11 first peter chapter 3 verses 8 through 12 it says this to sum it up all of you be harmonious sympathetic brotherly kind hearted Brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. Wow. For you were called for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. Hmm. For the one who desires life to love and to see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good he must seek peace and pursue it for the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous and his ears attend to their prayer but the face of the Lord is against those who do evil you want peace to increase in your life you must be one who pursues it you can't just be one who sits and twiddles your thumbs and just pray and say, God, give me peace. Just do not come that way. For the record, it just doesn't come that way. Chances are you don't have peace. There's a reason why you don't have peace. If you don't have peace, there's a reason why you don't have peace. There's some disconnected to disconnection from the peacemaker who lives within you. And theologically proper, he doesn't leave. His peace doesn't leave you. His peace is masked. His peace is restrained. His peace is hindered by us. Verse 11, he must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. Two key words, seek and pursue. The word seek means to strive and to find. What we know where it is, is not in people, places, and things. It's where? That's where you find it. Then the word pursue means this, to run swiftly in order to catch a thing. Again, think about that. How many times do we want peace in our lives, but we just take our little time in our pursuit of it? It's like, oh, I'll get to it. We see, we see the peace in our marriages crumbling, and we oh, I'll get to it. Chances are when we get to it, it's too late. We want financial peace, but we won't pursue it. Pursue also means to press hard after, to pursue with earnestness and diligence in order to obtain, to go after with the desire of obtaining it. Again, remember, let's, let's be real with each, with each other today. We do these things, but normally it's after other things. See, we guys, you know what we do? We don't have peace at home with our wives, we just work harder and longer. <laughs> right? You see, ladies, you know, we, if you don't have peace in your home, chances are you know what you do? LAUGHTER A couple of things ladies do when they don't have peace at home. Especially today, they start drinking. And they stop being properly social. What do I mean by that? One of the main blessings God has given women in particular is to be hospitable. They start cutting themselves off from relationships the weirdest thing the other option is they started inserting wrong relationships the way we try to find peace guys you know we try to find peace relationally with our wives We, we we'll turn to pornography we'll turn to other things you know again you know trying to increase the wealth increase the wealth because we our identity is found in what we do right Another way women try to, mothers in particular, try to find their peace is through their children. Guys do it too through manly stuff like, like sports, you know. We try to live vicariously through our children. It's the weirdest thing. We'll go hard. We'll, listen, we'll go bankrupt to put our kids in events that we never could have as a child so we can have peace. Psalm 34, verse 14 says this. It gives us some action steps. steps. It says, turn from evil and do good or do right. Seek peace and pursue it. See, you can't seek peace and pursue it while still doing evil and not doing good. It's kind of like, okay, I want God's peace. I'm going hard after God's peace, but you're still choosing to do evil and to not do good. It's like an oxymoron. God, give me your peace, but I'm still do evil. But that's how followers of Jesus Christ live. God, I want your peace. I want your provisions. God, I want financial peace. I want peace in my home. I want peace in my heart. I just want peace so I can just go to sleep at night and stay asleep. But we still go hard after evil and not doing good. We won't correct relationships, but we want peace. We we won't make the the proper financial decisions, but we want peace. It's the weirdest thing. God just fix it for me, then I'll get to doing evil. I mean, doing good later on and stop doing evil later on. Doesn't work that way. The word turn means this, to depart, to avoid, to be removed, to come to an end. So think about that a little closer. I have to depart from evil. I have to avoid evil. There's times I have to remove myself from evil or evil people and evil situations. I literally have to say no more with you. And it must come to an end. Do an evil must come to an end in the life of a believer. How many second chances and third chances and fourth chances will God give, right? He's the God of grace. He's the God of second, third, hundred chances, right? We know that. But should you keep on sinning so that his grace may abound? Paul said, let it never ever be. In James chapter 3, verse 14 through 18. 18 is a key verse. We see how wisdom helps us pursue God's peace. It says this, But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above. But listen to what it says. But is earthly, natural, and demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every kind of evil. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peace, peace-loving, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial. In other words, you don't, you're not bent towards a person free of hypocrisy and the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace Peace peacemakers you see for peace to increase in your lives my life we must go hard after peace expecting to obtain it meaning peace His peace is no end, but it increases how? When we pursue it, when when it rules our hearts. And here's our third and final point for today. If you could open your Bibles to the book of John, John chapter 16. John chapter 16, verses 31 through 33, we find the, uh, the last answer to the question, how does the peace of God increase in our lives? Well, his peace increases when we remain in him. It says, Jesus answered them, do you now believe? Behold, an hour is coming and has already come for you to be scattered. Listen to what this says. This is so timely. Each to his own home and to leave me alone. Do you realize during this pandemic, that's what people have just have done? Literally. Scattered to their own home and left Christ alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you. Why? So that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulation. Can anybody say amen to that, right? Amen. But take courage. I have overcome the world. Right? So the world is so chaotic right now. We know that literally in our day and time, but peace is found in Christ and Christ is the one who overcomes the world. So if that's the case, why should I search any place in this world for peace? Right? When you think about that logically, why am I then looking for peace? from or in anything attached to this world. So that in me, verse 33, you might have peace. The words in me or in means this, in, on, by any place or thing with a primary idea of rest. So what he's really saying is at the end of the day, you know where you're going to find peace is when you choose to find it in me and you choose to rest in me right think about that for a minute you know we, 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 we can be so distressed or, or not have rest in pursuit of something right how many times are you up at night thinking of something else other than Jesus think about this Thinking that if you get that, avoid that, don't have to deal with that, or if you can experience that, you will have peace. Right? That's pretty much our lives, a life story, right? We're up at night staring at the ceiling because, okay, if I can get that extra thousand dollars this month, then I can pay off the debt of my Christmas gifts I just bought. <laughs> right? And we're, and we're just stressed out, looking up at the ceiling, hoping for a miracle, hoping that God's peace would just hover down upon us, right? And allow us to go to sleep, right? Or maybe you had too much to drink and your, your, your face is in a commode, as my daddy used to say. and you just oh god can you let this one pass and i must admit i said it before and that prayer was never answered until i turned away To remain in him, Proverbs twelve twenty says that we need help from others. It says, deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. Amen. So after you finish talking to your girlfriend on the phone, do you have peace and joy or not? Uh, If not, they're not counselors of peace and you should probably stop talking to them. If you have friends that you confide in and when you're done, you're not more like Jesus, chances are you should probably stop talking to them because they're not counselors of peace. The word counselor means this, to advise of peace, to consult together for peace. So to advise you of peace, but then also consult together to bring peace. Not consulting with them, and then they're telling you how to devise evil against the person who is, you have a problem with. Well, girl, you know what i would do? <laughs> you know what I would do? If that was me, you know what I would do? That's not a counselor of peace. But the person that says, you know, what would God do? What would Jesus do in this scenario? What does the word of God say for you to do? Counselor of peace. To remain in him, it always always take growth and it practice. 2 Peter chapter 1, again, go home and read this entire chapter. It is probably one of the best chapters that ultimately says to you and I, okay, you want the formula for not falling anymore and stumbling in sin? Do everything that's written here. Then it climaxes here. It says says this in verse 8. For if these qualities, which was spoken of in the other four verses, are yours and are increasing. So think about that. This is important to grab a hold to. They must be yours and they must be what? Increasing. That's what happens to the believer so many times. I want peace, I want peace, I want peace. God says, okay, here's the qualities that bring you peace. But they stop increasing in our lives. They do not make you useless nor unproductive in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And in verse 10, it says, therefore, brothers... And sisters, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling and choice of you. For as long as you practice these things, you will never stumble. Increase, practice, growth, practice, growth, practice, growth, practice. They go hand in hand. Listen, if you want his peace to increase in your life, you must grow in the things of God, and you must practice the things of God. You must grow and must practice. And listen, practice here doesn't mean, it doesn't mean just practicing and you practice it the wrong way. You see, anybody who's an athlete, they know the coach has something in his arsenal to make sure that you are practicing the right way. You know what it is? It's his whistle. Believe it or not, every coach has a whistle or a bullhorn now and every time you, wrong, you, run, you run the play the wrong way, the whistle sounds. And when I was playing, the coach would just say, line it up again, Beep. line it up again, Beep. line it up again. And he may use some other words in between there. But he said, line it up again, Beep. line it up again, run it again, run it again, run it again. And he'd tell you to run it again and run it again and run it again and run it again so you can practice it imperfectly. No. So you can practice it the right way so when game time comes, you perform it the right way. The same thing as the Spirit of God does in every heart of a believer. He'll blow the whistle and blow the whistle and blow the whistle over and over again, and he'll put you on the line of scrimmage, and he'll put you on the line over and over and over again, and he'll put you in the same scenario over and over and over again until you run the play the right way. That's when you have peace. You can't run the play how you want to run it and expect to have his peace. We cannot say, God, I'm just going to do my own thing. Follow my own agenda. And then when it gets tough and heavy, you ask God for his peace doesn't work that way. When you hear the whistle blowing, run it the right way all the time. Then you have his peace. Peace increases when we remain in Christ all the time let me end with this story. So there was this younger fish who swam to this older fish. And the younger fish said to the older fish, he said, can you show me and give me the directions to the ocean? The older fish said to the younger fish, well, you're in the ocean. <laughs> he said, no, I'm not in the ocean. I'm, in, I'm just in water. He said, it's like you and I. We're swimming in Peace and don't even know we're in peace. We're looking for the ocean. But we're in the ocean. We're in peace. We're looking for peace. We're looking for peace. We're swimming for peace. We're, we're stopping by any other person on the side of the road or in the ocean blue, right? Saying, hey, can you help me find peace? Can you help me find peace? Can you help me find peace? Where is peace located? And God is saying to you right now, no, you, you're in peace, right now because peace lives within you if you're a follower of Jesus Christ you have to rest on that biblical truth is that peace lives within you because of the finished work of Jesus Christ remember I said this a person said this peace that Jesus gives is not the absence of trouble but it is rather the confidence that he is there with you always. You're going to have trouble. Don't be surprised. You're going to have issues. Don't be surprised. You're going to have people who treat you unjustly, talk about you, ridicule you, try to literally kill you, take you down career-wise, whatever it is, destroy your marriage, destroy your family, That's just what wicked people do. And we live in a wicked world. But you can't ever forget that Jesus is always with you. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, that you are always with us. But there may be someone today who are not that confident in that fact, in that truth. Maybe today you've never put your faith and trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And and factually, you don't have his peace because his spirit does not live within you. But you can change that right now by acknowledging that you're a sinner confessing that Jesus Christ came to die for you that he was buried for you and that he rose again from the grave just for you if this is something that you want I can lead you in a short prayer that really permits this this encounter with Christ to become a reality in your life All you need to do is just say, Jesus, forgive me. I recognize that I'm a sinner and I've chosen to live my life against you, away from you, and without you. But today, Jesus, I realize that you came to die for me. You were buried for me. And you rose again from the grave just for me. Jesus, please come into my heart, my life to live forever from this day forward. I believe that you came to die for me, that you were buried for me, and that you rose again from the grave just for me. I surrender to your Holy Spirit who now lives within me for the rest of my life. but there may be some or many who are watching and who are here today who says, hey, Pastor, I I know Jesus as my Lord and Savior, but, but the peace of God has not been increasing in my life. Matter of fact, it's probably decreasing. Today, can you identify the who and the what that maybe you have made your idol that you have exalted above Jesus quit swimming in the ocean looking for peace his peace lives within you are you willing to surrender surrender to him and his peace. Just say, Father, forgive me for allowing someone else, something else to take your place, to dethrone you on my heart. But today, Jesus, I acknowledge you as my only peace. can lift your hands with me that'd be great if you're watching or if you're here tonight today you say Lord Jesus let your peace that surpasses all understanding let it rule my heart and my mind from this day forward and Father I pray over your people the peace of God every situation every circumstance every demonic force and issue that is trying to come against the peace of God in our lives I pray that you would tear it down in the name of Jesus surround them captivate their mind their dreams their desires their past pains their past failures their current struggles I pray in the name of Jesus will be bathed in your peace Thank you, God, that your peace endures forever. We love you, Lord. We bless your holy and gracious and awesome name. Help us to go into the highways and the byways to be those peacemakers that you died for, Jesus. In the most powerful name of Christ, I pray. We all said, amen. Can we give them a hand clap? Amen
0: for listening to Commitment to Truth, the outreach ministry of Commitment Community Church. If you would like to learn more about Jesus Christ, please visit our website www.commitmentchurch.org/start. This website will walk you through having a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Please let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, or if you would like to support God's word through this ministry please visit our website at www.commitmentchurch.org Lastly, if you or your family are in the South Jersey or Philly metro area please visit us